Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Good morning, Al. Sure, there was constant reference there in my piece with Dr. Kelly about uh, people not calling ambulances unnecessary. And you, you contacted me over the weekend to make that message clear as well. And I know part of your role at the moment is to link in the ambulances. And maybe you can shed some light on what is happening and what we should not be doing uh, by way of uh, calling on the ambulance service unless we absolutely need it. Well, I think it's important that we recognise the contribution that the staff at Wexford Jenner uh, are doing at the moment, but none more so than uh, our own staff here, my colleagues in the National Ambulance Service, who are, are currently under uh, extreme pressure in the context of the amount of calls that are coming into our 999 line and the amount of capacity that we have in Wexford Jenner. Um, you know, the, the National Ambulance Service responds to around 400,000 calls a year. Um, and it's done on a priority basis and as I spoke to you the other day in relation to that, it's the high priority calls that will get the first response okay. it's the lower acuity calls that we'll have to wait unfortunately and as Dr Kelly alluded to you know, seek advice from your pharmacist seek advice from your GP whether that be in normal working hours or outside hours uh, uh, as part of the care doc out of our system. Sure, can you give me an example of when you should not call an ambulance but people are actually calling an ambulance? Well, I mean, Alan, if you look at it in the context of someone that stumps their toe on, on, the, on the end of a bed, that doesn't require an ambulance. You know, if you have an abdominal pain for a month and you ring at 2 o'clock in the morning, that probably doesn't require an ambulance. But, like, we're not in a position to, to comment in relation to that. But what I would say is that people need to be sensible in the context of calling us out and... Uh, and it will be a long and protracted delay at Wexford General. A lot of the time, we have um, hospital ambulance liaison people in the in the EDs as part of the winter plan to try and move along the patients and move along the ambulances. But that's becoming more difficult now because we haven't got capacity and we haven't got the, the appropriate amount of beds in Wexford General. It's nice to say that we have them in 2026, but we need them now. And I would ask that the powers that be would look at it in the context of the COVID legislation that was brought in where these buildings could be done overnight with limited planning permission. And because Wexford General is in that uh, severe now that we need the, the 96 beds and we need them yesterday. And it is welcome to know that it's, it's, it's good to know that they're coming in, in 2026, but we need them now and we need to think outside the box. And what's caused the delay? Because, I mean, uh, politically we seem to be dragging our heels on this one at the moment, these 96 beds. I mean, I've heard this mooted for quite some time, as you have. Uh, so, uh, can you put your finger on what is causing the delay? To be honest, Alan, I think it's probably, it's been in a number of, of capital plans, and it's about getting it to the top of the table. Like, like the ED was, our emergency department was extended during COVID. You know, it was done quicker than the bank guarantee, the authorization to go with it. That was done overnight. And we need to look at that now in relation to how we do, do our business in relation to, to the health and how we deliver the service to the people of Wexford. But it's becoming more difficult and it's becoming more difficult for our staff and indeed my colleagues in the National Ambulance Service who are standing with patients for maybe two and three hours as emergency departments, not just in Wexford General, but in St. Luke's and Kilkenny, South Tipperary and Waterford University Hospital. So it's a regional issue that needs to be addressed. And could I take this opportunity to thank my staff for the work and commitment that they've given to the people of Wexford over the past 12 months and will endeavour to do so over the Christmas period. Mm. But I think if people can be sensible with about how they go about their business in relation to calling us, look at alternative care pathways, whether that be a GP, pharmacist or, or elsewhere, 
before they make that call. But what I would say is if someone has a chest pain, a seizure, a road traffic collision, do not hesitate to dial 999 or 112 and we'll certainly respond to it. Jared, there's a couple of comments that have come in. I'll just bring them to your attention before <clears throat> I let you go. A caller has phoned asking, why is Wexford General Hospital making staff redundant when there's a need for staff? According to this caller, uh, some staff have been given their notice over the last two to three weeks. Are you aware of that? I was not, I'm totally unaware of that. And to be fair to Ireland East, I will go back to them and forward that comment to them and give them the right reply because we are in a very serious situation. Are there redundancies to the best of your knowledge or is this news to you? Because it's news to me. Uh, I believe there may have been, but I'm not a spokesman for the HSE, and I wouldn't comment in relation okay. to HR issues in Wexford General. Uh, that would be something that would need to be addressed to the, to the manager, Linda O'Leary. Uh, but look at, you know, there's different different services within the hospital, and some may not require as many staff as others. Uh, right. Within relation to the, the National Ambulance Service, we need as many as, many as possible. Okay. Uh, to continue to deliver a safe uh, service to the people of Wexford. All right, well, we will go back and give the HSC a right to reply to that from that caller that came in there. Uh, finally, Ger, a caller said that she had a sick child on Saturday with full-blown asthma. There was no answer from CareDoc. They tried for over an hour. The only option was to go to Wexford General Hospital. It is extremely difficult to get through to the CareDoc. Uh, and look, that, that just gives you another indication of what people are dealing with at the moment. And I'm not knocking CareDoc, but I'm just explaining, if you have a sick child, asthmatic, as a parent, you are going to go to the hospital if you can't get them to a doctor. You will automatically and lady, do it. Uh, Alan, and absolutely, that lady made the right decision. Um, I have called before for a root and branch review of the care doc service out of hours and how progressive it is in, in, in the context of how it delivers the service to the people of Wexford out of hours. I think it seriously needs to be looked at. And that, and I think January is the, the time to do that. You know, in the middle of a twindemic, whether that be the covid or the flu, and yep. th- those are some of the issues that are increasing the levels of presentations to Wexford General. We, mm-hmm. Wexford General currently has more presentations than University uh, um, or St. Vincent's University Hospital in Dublin, wow. in the centre of the capital city. But just before I finish, Alan, um, could I firstly thank uh, the staff of the National Animal Service, the staff of the HSC, yeah. uh, and all my colleagues, and wish my constituents a very happy Christmas and indeed a prosperous new year, and we'll do it all again in January. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran.